Thanks for downloading this show from PC One. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Ristari, and you're listening to Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action, and we're inviting you to join us every week in my New York City apartment. Mentoring Moments is brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. You save money and get a free Amazon gift card every trip you buy. Use the code FORBES and you're guaranteed at least a $200 gift card your first time using Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card. Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. And at the table with me today is Agape Stasinopoulos. When I first met Agapi a few weeks ago, it was at her book signing. And there was this like magnetic force in the room. Well, I should say she was the magnetic force in the room. Everyone kept leaning in, like wanting to get closer to you, Agapi. It was like everyone wanted to physically grab you and take a part of what you were giving us and like just grab onto it. And everybody was smiling. It was just wonderful to watch everyone in that room. And you were talking about your personal journey behind your book, Wake Up to the Joy of You, 52 Meditations and Practices for a Calmer, Happier Life. We can all use that. It's a transformational guide to giving up what doesn't work and creating the life that we all really want. So Agapi and her sister, Ariana Huffington, were brought up in Greece, and they credit their mother for teaching them how to be fearless and generous and how to trust in themselves and trust in life. But the real life changer for Agapi came when she's in New York City, Mm -hmm. she's a struggling actress, and you meet a stranger. Yes. And the stranger says, Why are you waiting for anybody to hire you, my dear girl? Go do your own thing. You've got it. That was for my acting career. That wasn't happening. And of course, as an actress, you're waiting for people to hire you. So that moment in a New York City bus with a stranger, because I ended up performing my monologue of Joan of Arc for her, having a lot of Greek chutzpah. And connecting well, you, with you, her. You did your monologue in the bus? In the bus. <laughs> I did my monologue in the bus for one woman because I was very depressed and unhappy. I had just auditioned for a six-hour adaptation of Greek plays called The Greeks, a very well-known series of all the Greek plays together for Williamstown. And I didn't get the part because the director, Nikos Sakharopoulos, bless his heart, he's passed um, away now, but uh, he said to me, I don't know how to fit you in because I can't fit you in the chorus. You have too much of a personality and I can't fit you in the big parts because I didn't have a big enough name like they wanted the, the big, you know, Susan Sarandon and Sigourney Weaver. And I said to him, I do have a big enough name. It's Tassinopoulos. It's very big. <laughs> it's very large. It's very, very large. large. It's it fits on the marquee. <laughs> right. But uh, he said, it's just you're so talented, but I don't know what to do with you, which is what I've been hearing, Denise, all my life as an actress. It's just I didn't fit in. So when I got into the bus, and I know we've all been in a New York City bus, and everybody seems to be more depressed than you are. Because once you go into the bus, you, you, you fall into the black hole, you know, of your worries and... And uh, it's very depressing. And I got in there and I said, oh, my God, these people look so unhappy, maybe more unhappy than I am. And 
started a conversation with a woman who ended up being herself an actress who had given it up for a, to raise her um, son, and she had become a nurse. And we started to talk about theater, and I told her my story, and she said, oh, I love that monologue of John of Arc. I said, can I do it for you? No, I didn't say, can I do it? I said, let me do it for you. You know, I didn't ask for permission. And Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> I said, let me do it for you. You promised me my life, but you lied. You know, and it's John of Arc. You know, she's about to be burned on the stake. I mean, it's not just a little uh, itchy-bitchy soap opera. And um, it was so gutsy, and it was so came from my heart, and she just uh, completely teared up. And that moment, because she then turned to me, my dear girl, you are so talented. Why are you waiting for anybody to hire you? Go do your own. She went like this, go do your own thing. Like, it's the most natural thing. And I think at that moment, it's like my doors opened, my reality changed, because up until then, I hadn't realized that I could do my own thing because I didn't know what that was. And I, it took me a while to find out what to do. So in that process, I started to realize how much I loved the goddesses and the Greek stories of the myths. And I started uh, to spark the creative flow. I ignited my creative spark. And what happened is that I, th I thought, what if I put all the monologues I love and match them up with the goddesses and their myths and tell the story. So it was more like a storytelling, but with awareness that each one of us had that archetype of the goddesses. So it kind of was a kaleidoscope of myths, uh, literature, psychology, spirituality, and me in the middle kind of sharing my passion of those goddesses. And that became my, a one-woman show. It became a book. It became a PBS special. And incrementally, I discovered that my path was to not wait for anyone to give me permission to express myself and my talent. That took courage. It took, um, as I always say, a lot of Greek chutzpah. It took a lot of asking. It took a lot of um, unknowns. But as I found my path and as I found my confidence, it was so exhilarating to not be a victim anymore of wanting and waiting, the waiting game. And I truly think, uh, Denise, that each one of us has that. Yes, for sure. Each one for of sure. us. This is not given to a few select. Yes, and we were talking about that earlier, and that has really become your calling card and your purpose. And we're going to talk a lot more about all of this. And I'm so glad that you just gave our listeners that, that big piece of how you got to where you're at now. Right. Because I think so many people at different times of our lives, all of us get lost. Yeah, yeah, and or whether, stuck. Right, exactly. You know, you get stuck. You feel, you feel, what do I do now? Right. I don't like my job. I'm not happy in my relationship or I, I want the next thing. What is my next right. thing? And that's a very real place to be. And that's what I want to help women and I want to help young girls and I want to help men. I want to help people because I found mine and I know, I know the keys to get there. Right. And it's, and it really takes those. And, you know, and I was thinking about the mentoring moment that I'm going to share today. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I was saying this a few weeks ago, sometimes with my mentoring moments, I've told about 50 or 60 of them. So like yes. some days I'm like, okay, what is that mentoring moment that I have today? Yes. And it's, it's usually in the shower that it comes to me that well, morning that something happens. And I had forgotten totally about this story. So maybe it was thinking about you that it's, I don't know what it was, but something just brought this story to life for me. It was 
20 some years ago. My daughter was about two years old. I was working at USA Today and I was, tr- my, I was trying to keep my life as vice president of sales, as a working professional, as a mother, as a wife, everything normal, everything the way it always was before my daughter was born, which is an impossibility, right? Okay, it's just impossible. But I am that person who was like, but I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Oh my God. Before my daughter was born, I had started to learn how to play tennis. I'm not really good at anything that requires eyeball hand coordination. I mean, I'm really just not good at it. But being me, I was like, I'm determined to do this. So even after my daughter was born, I was taking tennis lessons. And one day I am exhausted and just truly like you had that feeling like I just want to sit down and do nothing. But I can't because I'm me. Yes. And so I go and my tennis instructor is busy. And I'm like, well, that won't stop me. I'm going anyway. Now, that should have been a sign, right? Tennis instructor is busy. You're tired. So I go and I play against the ball machine. Oh, my God. And the ball machine wins. I trip over my foot because I'm so tired and I tear a ligament of course. in my foot. Of course. I'm on crutches for six weeks after that. Oh, my God. That made me really slow down mm-hmm. and be able to take those moments of what are my priorities in life. I really didn't care about playing tennis. It was like this goal I had in my mind. This obsessive auto- automatic. Yeah, that I, automatic. but it really wasn't what I cared about doing. But it was like, I set this goal for myself. I'm going to learn oh how to play God. tennis. It's going to be good for business, blah, blah, blah. And then six weeks, I can't move. Exactly. I'm so grateful you shared this story. I'm so grateful because actually I have a whole chapter which is called um, Checking In and Following Up, Chapter 20, And I speak exactly about what you said. I had a similar experience where I finished a conference. I was, I, um, I was very tired, but I wanted to buy flat shoes for a trip I was going to. And, um, a friend of mine that I go shopping with was at the conference. So she said to me, do you want to go shoe shopping now? And something said, no, because I'm tired. Well, I overrode that, like you overrode, I'm tired, and everything in the universe is telling you, don't do that. And I went and I bought my shoes. I found these great shoes. I was wearing my high heels because of the conference. I called an an Uber, looking at my iPhone to see if the Uber is there. I trip on the pavement, you know, the the curb. I fall. I flat on my face, handbag all over the place, the shoes, and I um, twisted, I didn't break a a ligament, but I twisted my ankle. And then, you know, for the next few weeks, I was wobbling. I never forgot it. Like, I'm sure you never forgot. What did you learn from that, though? What I want to know is that, did you remember that at another time where something said, Denise, this is the tennis thing? Yes, not often enough, though. Okay, so there, there will be moments that I will maybe not think about the tennis thing, but other moments in my life. So no, I, I will still go into that old Denise mode. Of, right. I can do it all. I can do it all. So before we continue chatting with Agape, I want to give a shout out to Upside. I found an exciting new way to buy travel. It's Upside.com. So here's the deal. At Upside, you save money on travel and you get a free Amazon gift card worth $100, $200, even $300 every time. You get savings and a big gift card free. Here's how they do it. Upside bundles your flights and hotel together for one low price. Bundling saves you a ton of money, especially on business travel. So they give you an Amazon gift card. 
your company saves money and you still keep all your miles. And right now, when you use the code Forbes, you're guaranteed a free $200 Amazon gift card your first time. The code Forbes gets you a guaranteed $200 Amazon gift card. How cool is that? That's like the best deal. How can you not do it? So save big on travel and get a big gift card every time. Go to Upside.com. That's Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. Now back to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. I've told this story, so I'll make it a quickie. Um, I fell on my face, literally on my face on Lexington Avenue. Another time. A couple years ago. And uh, my face was a mess. I mean, it was a mess. The fact that I have my teeth is a miracle. Oh, my God. Because I was holding a lot of bags, and I couldn't brace myself, so I fell on my face. And I've told this story on the podcast, so I don't want our listeners to hear me tell it yeah, know, for the 55th yeah, time. Yeah. But that was now 20 years later. Right. And I'm still in that go, go, go mode. I can do it all. I can be here. I can be there. I can be here. That time though, this mm-hmm. last time when I fell on my face, that was that real wake up call for me to right. say, right. stop, slow down and stop. And it's helped some of my friends too. My hairdresser has told me that whenever he is in that mode, cause he saw me two days after and it was bad. My face was bad. He said, Whenever I'm in that mode, all I do, honey, is I think about your face, your face. and that slows me down. Yes. I'm like, well, I'm glad I could be so helpful. Thank you. Right. Yes. But no, so I didn't yeah. learn quickly enough. Mm-hmm. No, I, no. To answer your question, I went back to being me. Yeah, but then, but eventually, you, but, I did. But you remember it now. Yes. So what you about know, you? What did you? Well, learn? you know, the thing about it, and I've had many things like that. I mean, it. Uh, I've had a few stories like that. I won't go into all of them, but you know, and the bottom line, Denise, is that when we override our wisdom and are listening to what ourself is telling us we need to do, we are going to pay a price. Paying a physical price, like you breaking your ligaments, when we have something that physically happens, it's a great blessing. Because then we go, now I remember. Your body will remember and tell you, don't do that. Stop it. Yes. So... But, I'm just a slower learner. Than yeah. You well, I, well of all of us, you know, but now that honoring of self, and I, I speak a lot about that in the book, about managing your energy, listening to your emotions. I have a chapter called Don't Relinquish Your Inner Authority. That could also happen when people say, oh, let's all go out to this uh, restaurant or let's go do this um, thing. And then they drink and then you don't want to drink because you have to get up in the morning. But then you are in the you're relinquishing what you know best for you because you want to be liked, because you want to be a good girl, because you don't want to upset anybody, because you don't want people to think less of you. We all have our reasons and then we give up ourselves. And it's subtle and it's not so subtle because basically we pay the price where we then our energy is depleted. Yes. And then we don't feel, first of all, Denise, we break the trust with ourselves. And to me, again, to go back to what your beautiful introduction of me with uh, Ariana and my mother, and I so thank you for you honoring what you saw with my work uh, when you came for my book signing. And I so, so appreciate when people are able to receive what I give, which is something that is so heartfelt because I was really taught this fundamental thing of the trusting in yourself and the trusting and listening, because it's not just trusting. It's like learning to really listen to yourself. And despite of what anyone says, build such confidence 
And it's like this world is set up for us to not do that. This world is just pulling us in every so direction. And now with the social media and the digital world, it's like we have to be so ruthless and so disciplined and so devoted to find Denise, to find Agape, to find that person and honor it. And that's why I highly recommend journal writing. I have that a lot in the book. I say, you know, write down what worked in your day, what didn't work in your day. Not as suspend judgments, become like a scientist with yourself. That's what I did. And when I wrote these 52 chapters, every chapter, as you know, has a story. Yes. How the book is great. Everyone how did I learn? It's great. That. You know, how did Agape learn that? And I and I learned it by trial and error. And the days and the moments that I honor that spontaneity, because really life happens in the moment. And when we are spontaneous and we do something that wasn't planned, when we cancel something because you say, you know, it doesn't, I'm tired, I'm overworked, I have a meeting tomorrow, I have to be up for that, I, I need my energy, I'm not coming to dinner with my friends, I'm not going to this event, I'm not going to go to this meeting that I'm not needed. When you honor you, uh, you have your energy. Yes. I and talk- when you have your energy, you feel mighty. Yes. And... I've, I've talked about this, uh, doing things that bring you joy. Yes. Right. And there are certain things we have to do during the day that don't bring us joy. It's just part of our jobs, whatever. I mean, you have to get from point A to point B. You may not want to be stuck in traffic. Yes. There. They don't bring you joy, but they don't have to rob you of your joy. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But because you're doing something joyful at the other end. So getting yes. there might be a little bit of a hassle. Yes. But at the end, you're doing something that brings you joy. Yes, or, or your joy is something that's sort of like the it's sitting there. It's like your joy is there yes. because who we are. See, here's the thing. I, I always start a lot of my talks by saying, go back to your breath and go back to your, the beating of your heart. You have nothing to do with that. That is your, your, your aliveness. We don't think about breathing and we don't think about our heart until our heart races or until we have a problem. Or it gives out. Or we don't think about our breath until suddenly you can't breathe. And you've been with people who are asthmatic and they can't breathe and it's horrible. And when you go into the gratitude, oh my God, and it is so simple and we take it for granted. Oh my God, I'm alive. I'm moving. And And that to me is really meditation. When you take these moments of pausing and saying, this is amazing. I am, if I focus on my heartbeat right now, It is pumping blood in this body. And I'm thinking, for example, that I have to go play tennis. But if I think, or I'm thinking that I have to go buy shoes, or I'm thinking that I have to meet this deadline, I have disconnected with myself. So returning to the gratitude and to the life force and to the, that we are the miracle of life. We are a living, breathing miracle makes you autonomous that you really don't owe anything to anybody. You, this is your life. This is your precious life. And you started to realize that you are not alone, that you have this um, partnership with that life force. Yes. And that is huge. And I think we'll talk about this a little more, but I also know when we hear about your mentoring moment, your story. Yes. Well, that, that that was your mentoring moment. The one, the one. Uh, I mean, the moment with with the bus, with the woman right. with the bus. I mean, that to me is very much a moment of mentoring, being where I really listen to this woman who is a stranger. I mean, there have been 
you know, many, many times of where I've allowed myself to listen to people because people give you guidance sometimes without even them knowing. I mean, this woman on the bus didn't know she was going to change my life. Right. The reason that moment happened is because I gave unconditionally to her. You know, it was like a, an expression of my of my frustration and of like, my God, I'm so talented and nobody's hiring me. And basically what I broke through this crystallization that we all wait for somebody to give us permission to be ourselves and we don't dare and we don't do what we really want to do and and love to do is because we're so afraid of failure. Right, but didn't anyone else ever say to you, go own your own life? What was it about this woman? And maybe it was that you were in that space that you were able to receive. Maybe you were being vulnerable that you were giving it out. I think a lot of times when we admit what's wrong, yes. that's, that's the first piece of it is saying, this isn't working what's yes. right, because we can fix it then yes. or, or try to find a fix. Well, you know, Denise, when you study, uh, all of us have one who have a career on something, you know, and you, let's say you go um, study business administration or you go study psychology or you, I studied acting. I mean, other people study economics or communications or and then you want to have a a career with it so for me it was like this was my gift I was recognized I went for it when the movie I went to Hollywood didn't work out then it's like okay now what do I do I keep auditioning I wanted to get my green card I wanted to get my SAG card so you go for the profession that you're trained so when that doesn't happen uh, over and over again you have to and I tell that to a lot of actors and artists it's like Start looking at other areas in your life. Don't be so stuck in anything. Because if your career in what you want isn't happening, then do you have to backtrack and say, what else can I do? Right. How many attorneys do you know? I can name a lot of them that are so miserable in their jobs, right? And But they can't get out of them. Whether it's an attorney, whatever it is, whatever that job is that you spent years and years getting to, whatever takes that, those degrees. You know, it's funny you should say that because I recently met a lawyer, a woman lawyer in one in my book tour, who said to me, I am so successful, I have this amazing career, but I'm miserable. I hate going to the office, I hate doing litigation, I hate being a lawyer, and this is my career, what do I do? This is Norman Lear with my great sidekick, Paul Hip, Good to be here with you, Norman. On All of the Above. That's the name of my podcast, All of the Above. And uh, it's called All of the Above because we're going to talk about All of the Above. There isn't anything sacrosanct. There's nothing too above us or below us. Or below us. Well, certainly nothing too below us. But we have had guests you cannot believe. Yeah. Julie Dewey-Dreyfus, amazing. And America Ferrara. Jared Carmichael. Yes. Oh, Amy Poehler. How did we overlook? We didn't overlook Amy Poehler. I was saving her for last. And Charles Barkley, I was saving him for first, actually, because I didn't declare up first. I get to hang out with this guy. And this is your chance to hang out with Norman Lear a little bit here and some of these great guests. God, I wish I was you hanging out with Norman Lear. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a gun. See? That must be exciting. It's yeah. the best. He's, I'm telling you. Don't miss all of the above with Norman Lear. Download new episodes every week on the Podcast One app or subscribe at podcastone.com. Continuing the conversation here on Mentoring Moments, where we are brought to you by WordPress.com. More websites run on WordPress than any other platform. 
create your blog or small business website today and get 15% off any new plan purchase at wordpress.com slash Forbes. That's wordpress.com slash Forbes. Now back to the conversation with Agape. What do people do when they're in their jobs? They've worked a long time to get to, right? They, yes. they God knows what loans they've taken out to get their degrees, right. what sacrifices they've made. And now you hate your job. Yeah. Well, you see, there are two things here. One is that if that woman uh, had a heart attack or if she was diagnosed with, God forbid, cancer, or if uh, something happened in her life that was a wake-up call, she would give up her work and take care of herself and do what she loved because suddenly life becomes precious. But we live as if we're going to live forever. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, who did Hamilton, uh, said something in his interview, uh, in his documentary that he did on Hamilton, that absolutely stopped me on my tracks. Is that what you know? I just completely got, oh my God. And he said, I embody the principles of Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton believed that tomorrow is not promised. Therefore, you live for today. Therefore, you summon up all your energy and your creativity and you're not afraid because when you only have today, what are you afraid of? You have nothing to lose. You just give it your all. I think we live as if tomorrow is not is promised and we all do that. We live as if next year is promised. We live as if uh, our, our 70s and 80s are promised. Yes. They're not promised. Nothing is promised. So if you live in this moment and all the spiritual teachings um, from Zen Buddhism to the Sanskrit, to the Christian philosophy, to to Judaism, everybody reinforces it's the moment. It's the moment the kingdom of heaven is within. It, we're here right now. We only have this breath and this moment, and our last breath is gone. So if we summon up in that and we actually manage to stop the treadmill of where we are in our heads, in, in our ambitions, in our wishes, in our longings, if we manage to really stop ourselves for a moment and say, let me just look at this with a whole different perspective, with attitude, what would I do differently? And that's what I said to this woman. I said, back away, take a sabbatical. Her name was Jackie. I said, go back to Jackie. What's the thing she loved to do before her father said to her, go be a lawyer, and she followed that path. Go back, and she said, I love art. I love decorating. I love beautiful things. I said, yeah, just start to honor what you love, and the career or the new thing you'll do, or maybe you will lose your job, and maybe you will uh, redecorate your apartment. I mean, maybe you'll do something that will re reconnect you to you. Can you define sabbatical? With, I mean, I know what the word means, but what that means when you're saying to her, take a sabbatical. A sabbatical would be you... you Is it a long period of time? Is it, it can be six months. It can be six weeks. It can be a year. I mean, a sabbatical means you back away, you cut the cords from where you don't... You no longer go to the office every day because, you know, she had enough cushion uh, in her bank account to, right. to sustain herself. And she can go tell her firm... Um, I'm taking six weeks off, just like that, you know, is you can make it work. Right. I agree with you, but I think a lot of people don't think that's why I wanted to define that. Yes, I think a exactly. lot of people think Thank you. it has to be a year, you know, I have to take off a year, but I think take it could be, off. right, exactly. It could be four weeks, six weeks. But take just, it off, right? And like where you just go. And, and as I said, you have to look at it like, and some people say, well, they will fire me. 
if I did that. Uh, okay, we'll take Sunday off. You right. know, <laughs> you know can you take, that's your Sunday. I mean, take a Sunday off or where you just wander and you just say, what do I love to do? I mean, take something off. But I want to go to what you were just talking about. Oh my God, that's a whole other podcast. How do we talk? About you're taking a sabbatical from men. Well, yes, because let me just tell to our wonderful listeners here, if anybody, if any woman out there has found herself losing herself with a man or in the idea of having the relationship or within the relationship or wanting the relationship or the dating process or where that thing of the relationship becomes bigger than your life, we've got to stop it. And for me, what happened is I was in a relationship when I first moved to New York to write my first book by myself. And this guy I was in love with, he was in love with me, and I made the incredible... Well, I don't want to say mistake, but it's, what would we call it, Denise? It's when we all do it, where you go, this is the one. What do you call that? When you, you meet somebody, you're in yes, love with... Your soulmate? You know, you're, no, you go into this fantasy. Oh, yes, yes. This you, is the you, one. This, this is, is the, the one. one. I think that's you a know, great way to describe you know, it. You are not living in reality. I mean, it's like you're going, my God, I don't like his black couch. And you go, honey, he didn't ask you to move in. You right. Know? Like, <laughs> right. You're, you're projecting the future. The future. Like, yes. And how, what's going to happen when, you, you know, he actually said to me, he said to me, I feel, I feel he said to me one night, you're redecorating my apartment in your mind. <laughs> I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I think he wanted to say, you know, we're not moving in yet. Right. But and you were about how old at this time? I was 42. Okay. So, you know, the, the, yeah, there was a lot at stake. Right. Because I wanted to get married. Uh, I want I want to say to my listeners now that I'm happily not married now. <laughs> I'm happily single, and I want to teach women who are single to you can be happy. That you can be very happy, and you can date and be happy. Yes. And uh, um, I, I, I'm very happily married, but I am with you a hundred percent. Yes. And you can be. You got to date yourself first. You got to really, really learn to love yourself, like yourself, and then not not adjust yourself for X, Y, Z. So this man and I didn't work out. It's a long story. It's in my book, Unbinding the Heart. It's in my book, Wake Up to the Joy of You. I talk about it as a reference that Agape was losing herself every time she was with a man. And I would merge. I was a merger. I didn't have boundaries. And if he didn't call, my day was upset. If he called too late, I was a basket case. If we, if he wasn't intimate with me, I was, I would lose myself. So it was constantly around him. If we had, it was like exhausting. And finally, when we uh, broke up, I said, you know, I have this book to write. I have a copy to take care of. I'm going to take a, I'm not going to date. I'm not going to think about it. This is my time. And it was amazing. It was amazing. I didn't date. I poured myself to my creativity. I poured myself to my friendships, to my working out. I was going to spinning classes. I was going to singing classes. I wrote my first book, Conversations with the Goddesses. I discovered my creativity. And I got so filled with me that after that, I never really had a full-time relationship. And um, I'm I'm totally okay with it. I mean, there have been moments... uh, where there's been short relationships and, but it wasn't like, where is the one? I stopped looking for the one. And I, I think some of us, the one is us. This is the one. And then you find a companion. If you, a lot of women want to have children and you're looking for the father of your children and it's all wonderful, but it's not, 
one or the other. Yes. We all have our path. Yes. And we have to honor this blueprint we have. And when I realized that my path this lifetime was I've got to find myself, uh, find my expression, my calling, my purpose. And, you know, I do... I do love this chapter in the book of um, how to find your purpose and how do you go back to saying, what am I here to learn? What am I here to overcome? What am I here to teach? What am I here to share? And you ask these fundamental questions and am I enjoying my life? And going back to the gratitude that it is your life, it is your tapestry, it is your playground and you start creating it. And when you feel stuck, you go to people like you, Denise, and like me, and people who have overcome, and you say, "How can, can you help me? Four magic words. I talk a lot about that. Can you help me? And there are amazing women out there. And you ask, and you ask for right. advice. And I think the thing is, I think a lot of times women are afraid to ask for help because they think we haven't gone through those things. And that's what I love about doing mentoring moments is telling those stories that everybody realizes we have all, we all have those stories. I think back to when I was dating and like the really stupid things like giving of yourself, right? If he doesn't call, oh my God. I'm not talking about when I was 20. This is like after I was divorced and I was in my forties. Of course. And you just look back and you're like thinking, what was I thinking? I mean, I, I'm sure people around me thought I looked like an idiot, you know, be like, well, I can't do this because so-and-so may call. I mean, it's like, what? And yet we didn't have cell phones back then. So you right, know, right. it would be like, what, what? I mean, really, you could have stuttering time. It's like, what was I thinking? Well, yes. How could you allow yourself to be so controlled mm. by someone else, whether it's a man, a partner, does it by anything, work, whatever it is, right? Yes. That you're allowing yourself to be so controlled by all of this. Of course, because it is so uh, conditional and it is so cultural and it is every book and every movie and uh, it's all around our culture. And look at all the, uh, you know, and of course being a Greek woman, it would be almost, I would go back to Greece and say, What's wrong with you? You didn't right, find you didn't the man right, exactly. You have all these you pressures, know, right? Yeah. Whether it's your my mom or your father. We, yeah, who said to me, we send you all over. What's going on? Right. What? And then my sister was married and having kids. <laughs> and then they would set me up with all these people. And I would go. It was very, very hard. Once I released myself that this was not my dream for me, this was um, the, my family's dream, my society's dreams, my, everybody else's idea about me. But it took years, you know, it wasn't definitely, I think in your 20s and 30s, that's a very hard thing to to go through. But But, you have so much coming at you. You've got peer pressure, you've got your parents, you've got your professors, you've got... I mean, imagine being with all your girlfriends where everybody's getting married or uh, married and divorced. Yes, (laughs) yes. At the time I went back to Greece, everybody was now married (laughs) and divorced. And divorced, right. (laughs) Well, we're living longer, so I'm talking it up to that. Before we get into I'm done with that, let me give a shout out to WordPress. Small businesses really are the heart of our communities. Like my favorite place to find my inner and outer beauty, that would be Susan Seminelli's Beauty Clinic. Susan knows me, she cares about me, and she takes care of me. I'm all about supporting local businesses, and that's why I'm excited that WordPress is sponsoring Mentoring Moments. Whether you've been in business for generations or recently launched, creating a website on WordPress.com can make a big impact on your business. You don't need to know how to build a website because WordPress will guide you through the process. 
WordPress has hundreds of customized themes to get you started. You pick a template and you make it your own. You get built-in search engine optimization and social sharing. And when you build your website on WordPress.com, you're part of a community with support 24-7. And as we talk a lot about this on the show, being a part of a community is huge. That's what we all want. So come see why more websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to wordpress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's wordpress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website. Wordpress.com slash Forbes. You're listening to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. We're going to go to I'm done with that. And I'll kick off so you can think about what you're done with. So I'm done with, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, about not looking and dreaming big enough. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it really hit me. I was looking at photographs of my daughter that were taken when she was about two. And I was remembering the photographer. And she had this, I was in DC, she had this great house and had a pool and next to it was like her little studio. Yes. And we show up to have my daughter's photo taken and she comes out and she's in a pair of like black leggings and a big black top and her hair has not been combed and, and it's blonde. And how was she? I'm going to say she was probably in her thirties or forties, okay. so give or take that, that age group. Yes. And she's just her. Right. And she doesn't have shoes on and free. Yes, Very exactly. Free. And Not- just really connected to the camera and bringing out the best in my daughter. My daughter's only two. Right. So that's a hard thing to do. That could be easier, hard with a two year old. In this case, it was hard. Yes. And she's putting hats on her and you can just see that she just loves it. It's not like saying, come over here, and put a hat. I mean, she's play. She's playful. Her whole being is in that camera. You mean your daughter or the, the, photo- the photographer? Her I whole see. being is. Yeah. The, being the, the photographer, being so present and just so loving what she, you just felt it. Wow. And I think that shows up. I'll show you the pictures after of my, in my daughter. She's, I mean, the laugh is so genuine. Oh my her. God. So that was 20 some years ago. The other day mm-hmm. I was researching something on Annie Leibovitz, the famous photographer. Of course, of course. And I was watching her and number one, she's in black pants and a black top. So that's what made me think back to the photographer doing my daughter. But something bigger reminded me of that, that when Annie Leibovitz is behind the camera, she just loves what she's doing. Even when she's not behind the camera, I think she's finding things to take. For, she's she's always in that moment yes. and just loving what she does. Yes. And then you and I were talking about my friend, Susan Seminelli, who has the day spa that yes. I talked about on the podcast. And she just loves what she does, which yes. is helping women feel beautiful in the truest sense of beauty, you know, bringing out your inner beauty into who you are and feeling yes. good about yourself. And she's a very holistic healer. And I took that step back and thought, I love what I'm doing, Yes, but I'm not doing something that's big enough. I'm not saying I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm, saying I'm not saying you have to give something up to go bigger, but I'm not dreaming big enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm done with. And a friend of mine, Whitney Johnson, has a book called Dare Dream Do. Mm-hmm. And it's about dreaming, dare dreaming and doing. Yes. And it reminded me of all that about we really have to dream big. Denise, I want to ask your help. I have a very hard time with this dream thing. 
that people are out there saying dream, dream. What is that about, this dream thing? I mean, like I follow your dreams. We hear it everywhere. Yeah, but that I'm kind of done with. Yeah, dream <laughs> big. Like... What is, because it, it, maybe, the, maybe I have a hard time with the word dream because I see it in this whole coaching awareness movement. Everybody's go for your dreams, um, dare to dream. I would much be much happier. Imagine your creativity going into places you never thought of going. Isn't I like that, that a better yes. way? Because dreaming to me has an, an, an absolute and practical and real way. Okay, let's say dream being or visualizing and seeing yourself doing something that you want more of in your life. Is that what it is? I think it's looking bigger than where you're at now, as happy as you are. It's knowing that you can do something even bigger. So maybe it's not dreaming. It's knowing. It's, what about if we called it accessing parts of yourself that might have been dormant and might not feel alive and bringing more of that aliveness? Because when we think dream big, people's minds will come, well, I need a three-bedroom apartment and I need to have a, a vacation um, in the Caribbean or I need to have a bigger job and more money. So I need to go up the ladder of success. So it's a very outer-oriented thing that doesn't necessarily but it give you fulfillment. And if we're going for fulfillment and a sense of connection, Yes, good for you if it does connect you to more. Let's say Richard Branson, who is the ultimate dreamer bigger. Right. He created this huge thing outside himself, you know, which is big. And he's an entrepreneur. He's daring and he's successful. And he went through the boundaries of himself and broke them and uh, dared. Would that be more that you become courageous in, in, in accessing more parts or going for more ideas and I think we have to define it. I think it. we have to figure out what, what it is. I think it's looking at, I think there are two different parts of the dream. When we tell young people, follow your dreams, yes. I think that's some bad advice. Yes. And I've, I used to do it, right? And I quit doing it. It would be, you have to figure out, and maybe along the way it happens. It's not like you sit down and say, this is exactly what I'm doing. But it's, when I look at dreaming big, it's opening up my mind and my being yes. to say, think bigger. So I'll define when I yes. say dream oh, how big. About, how about saying, think um, unlimited? Well, that's a great one too. Yeah, I mean, so it's think, not like these outrageous dreams, like no. I'm going to dream of this or I'm going to put up, you know, the note. It's it's more of the opening yourself up and saying I'm here, but there's something bigger. I was put on this planet to do something bigger mm -hmm. than what I'm doing. So that's where I look at the dream. It's so it's like it's not the dream like the untouchable. So maybe there is a better word for it. Yes, I think we right. should definitely give them today. We should find a better, a better word. word. Okay. And I think if our listeners and have I, a, I better say word, a better word, right? I think that's a great uh, I'm point. I'm going to give everybody my email. It's agapi at unbindingtheheart.com. For me right now, this is a very fulfilling time. I feel I'm being used in what I have learned all my life to pass it on to people, and that's fulfilling. Uh, when I was in my 40s, if you said, what would be dreaming big? Uh, and he said, well, I will be more successful. I will have a better career. I would have produced the movies. My books would be a bestsellers. I would be sought after everywhere. It wasn't that. It was more like, how can you be used all the way where you feel needed, useful, of service? 
and you're helping others because of what you've put, what you've invested in yourself. So dreaming big is something that I mean, I think takes it away from being grounded and and alive to out there like you can't get your arms around it so you can't make it tangible yeah i think that's a good point i mean but i I do think as when i'm using the term dream i'm looking at it and saying saying exactly what you're saying right and maybe we do need a better word for it yes that i think we do need a better word not maybe that it's really saying there's more i'm doing this and it's great and i'm helping women amplify their voices and right. it's great and I Beautiful. love it and I feel the same way as you do. Beautiful. I was put on this planet. This is what I'm here to do. Right. But there's something even more and I don't want to get stuck here. Right. That's, so do you do you feel right now that there is something more? For yes, you? I do. But do I you? I've got to do that with whatever my sabbatical so, yeah. is to allow myself not even to figure it out, but allow myself to be open enough to get on that road. Yes. That I'm not on right now. So you are done with what then? So I'm done with saying, this is great. And I'm doing these great things. And I'm, uh. um, I feel great about doing it. I love what I do. And not thinking that next, what is even bigger, but accepting this and not going to what is even bigger. That's so what I'm done with. You're done with. Uh, so how are you going to get to your next level? If you want a next level, then just organically, just really I, uh, be just letting it unfold. No, I think it's doing the sabbatical, whatever that means to me. That really taking that inward look inside. Oh, and, and letting the next thing show up. And say, yeah, and no, uh, I, um, yes and no, but really with some thought about what is that next that, thing that, so that really that fulfills really me, gives you joy. Yes, that yes, really f- gives yes. you joy because ultimately, well, the two, there are two questions, you know, and that's a great question in the chapter, you know, that I have. Um, what is your purpose, you know, finding your purpose and trusting in your creativity and finding your calling, it's called actually, find your calling. And I think if we ask the question, what am I here to share? And you do like a freeform writing about it. Um, what am I here to express as Denise? What is the next thing? It opens up the creativity. And, and that's when, I mean, it's showing up only because um, it reveals itself to you because you go beyond your limited self to something that's uh, available to you that you might not even know. So it's it's a kind you have to go more in the uh, something that's unknown, but not afraid of the unknown. Right. That's great advice. Thank you. And I hope all of our listeners take it. That's why I wanted to do what I'm done with, because I don't think I'm the only person who is here, right? Where you're like doing great, whether you're that attorney who loves what they're doing, whatever it is, if you think there's more for you, yes, go find it. Right, exactly. Make it happen. You know, let's put it this way. Life is either you're contracting or you're expanding. And the expansion is something we all want because when we feel expanded, we feel more connected because we're big. We have 37.2 billion cells. 37, I wrote that in the yes. Make Your Health a Priority, and I love it. It sort of blows people. I, I get everybody when I speak to say that. 37.2 billion cells. So if you're listening right now, please say that to yourself <laughs> as you look in the mirror. Hello, I have 37.2 billion cells that are making life for me, that are breathing me. But I am criticizing myself because... Uh, I'm not the right size or because I don't have the right job or because so-and-so doesn't love me or because I'm feeling sad today. And so 
we focus on the emotional self, on the negative mental self. And the other thing that I want to make us all aware is that we have approximately 50,000 thoughts a day and 70% of them are negative. So if we have this critical part of ourselves that is uh, the starting role in our lives and we uh, we feel we're not good enough and we're lacking something, which is a collective insanity humans have, we have to go there and dig it and let it go and tell those parts to go out for uh, exile them to the Aegean, evict them. We have to evict them. Ariana always says, evict your obnoxious roommate. Right. That's great. <laughs> because those parts are always telling us that we, we should be more. We are more. And doing more, experiencing more, feeling more aliveness, I think it's amazing. And, um, and that leads to what are you done with? What I'm done with? Oh, my God, so many things. The thing that I was sharing with you before is that I'm done with obsessing about um, making myself uh, two sizes less than than I am now because because of menopause I, I grew th- two sizes you know my breast grew my hips grew and uh, it was very hard to go back to my old shape and um, I obsessed with it for a long time I tried to fit into shorter things <laughs> big, I mean, smaller things and um, one day I kind of gave it up and I, I went, I'm much more than my physical form. And um, I have this great phrase, you're going to love it. One day I was putting on my Spanx and I was kind of going, oh, I can't stand this. You know, and I went, okay, girl, you can wear Spanx on your hips, but not on your heart. Oh, that's so good. I, I realized that my heart and my expression could be big and unabashed and free regardless of my size. And now I don't obsess about it. I'm careful about what I eat. I take care of myself. I work out. But it's not about how I'm going to look all the time. And it's just so freeing. And as I said to you, you know, I was speaking and doing guided meditations for 40 women, a group called Five Under 40 with breast cancer. And um, I was so humbled because so many of these women have lost their hair and they're going through just the toughest time with their physical appearance and emotionally and physically what they go through. And so gratitude. We have to bring ourselves to that moment of stopping and and being grateful. And I think writing them down, don't ever go to sleep without saying three things you're grateful for and write them down or look in the mirror and, and speak them to yourself. I think that is wonderful advice. And now we're going to do our life finds. So something quick and short that we found in life that we want to share with the listeners. So one of the things that I have found in life, one of the things I love doing is when people come or I go to visit them is taking small gifts and things that are just my finds. So one of them is this Andy Warhol, which I'm giving you one because it's my find. It's this little idea journal. And I'm going to post this on Facebook because it's hard to describe this. But it's a little journal that I found at in London when I was at one of the museums. Um, And it's one of those gifts that I love giving to people because inside the journal are pictures from Andy Warhol so that they help you. They make me more creative when I look at them. It gets me into that different space. I love it. The other gift that I give a lot is 
are these candles that my friend Libby Moore turned me on to. Oh my God. And they're, I'm going to post a picture. It's called, they have different sayings and gold metallic. And this one says, make a wish, make a wish, make a wish, make a wish. And the company's name is on them. And none of these are paid. So everybody knows none of these are advertisers. So this is, this is, uh, these are truth. I'm really speaking from my heart here. It's called the social type. And you can look them up and you can find them online. But I will also post these on Facebook because I think it's really great that we have small gifts. And the other gift, and I'm not making this up. I swear I'm not making this up. You can ask people who've been on the podcast. I've been giving everybody your book, Wake oh Up to God. the Joy of You. I can't oh give you God. your book, so oh. I'm giving you Andy Warhol. Oh, my God. That there you go. so much to me. Thank you so much. <laughs> but I have much. been giving everybody your book. That's amazing, my darling. So I will post all of these on Facebook. Thank you what is so one of you? You're welcome. Thank oh. you for being here. What is one of your life finds? My my one of my great life finds is you, because <laughs> you are just so adorable. Well, thank I just you. have to say, like I let me just say for a minute how much you touched my heart when I met you and uh, your soulfulness and your ability to be present with people, and how ever since I met you I've had this connection with you even over your emails, your emails kind of radiate love. Well, I mean, yours really do too. I think it's like, I, I, think when I you just were... love that. Thank and you. And you are so successful and so giving. And, and, and here you are sharing your wisdom. And I think the more of us who, I mean, I think we transmute energy. And, and I know that our listeners are probably getting the love that there is between mm-hmm. us now. And I hope they do. Yes. Because, I mean, I came in here and there was this openness and I, I got lifted, you know, from just being with you. I felt wonderful and alive and, and great and grateful. So that's um, one of my great finds. You're my new friend. And I love that. I have found this quote that I gave to Denise today. And it's a quote that I have in the book, and it's called, My heart is at ease, knowing that what was meant for me will never miss me, and that what misses me was never meant for me. By Imam al-Shafi, who is a Sufi master like Rumi, and it's uh, very powerful to me because I think we all suffer from this missing thing. And the greatest thing we can give to ourselves and to each other is this knowing that we are okay and we are we have exactly what we need and what we what is ours is coming to us and is here for us and that we will never miss anything and i think if most of us knew that and what misses us is not ours we will live life um Happily ever after. Yes, and we were talking earlier, and we've got to close off in a second, but I do want to make this point is that we were talking earlier about you have your life hasn't always been that way, neither has mine, where we're able to say if it wasn't if it's not here, it wasn't meant for me. Yes. We were always struggling for going after those things yes. and hitting our heads against the wall, yes. just like the day that you met the woman on the bus. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's really when you come to grips with it. And it's not giving up. It's not saying I'm not going after things. But when you come to grips with something that you're struggling so hard for that just isn't working, you do have to take a look at that. Exactly. You have to take a look at it and start to let go. And and I think why I wanted to tell my story and write this book um, and my previous book, Unbinding the Heart, and, and to give to people the knowledge that I felt like I've gone through everything. I've gone through this very lonely, alone times, disappointments, rejections, um, disconnections. And because I found my way, I wanted to help others 
find that rope that, as I say, it's this uh, connection to yourself that that feels with your spirit, with your aliveness, with your with your God inside. I mean, someone made made us. We are these intelligent, phenomenal beings that walk around, and we are not connecting with that. And we have to return home to that loving, powerful light being that we are, and make our life work. And it's a commitment, and it takes time. It takes devotion. And it takes a lot of compassion, trusting the process. It's like today is perfect just the way you are, as Bruno Mars says. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just the way you are. Right. And, and, but if you say, I'm not right, I'm missing something, things are not good, where are you going to go from there? Exactly. Exactly. And but, it's hard to get to that point. That's what I want our listeners to know. You really have to work on it. Yeah. Right? It just doesn't happen. But you get you get down to gratitude and it all starts working. Right. And that's where you find your joy. Yes. Your joy is in your gratitude. And once you start being grateful, and instead it's just a, it's a shift. Are you going to be on the track that says, I don't have this and this is not good enough? Or are you going to be in the track that says, I'm grateful for everything I have and everything I don't have? And I'm grateful because today is a good day. And from that place, the train can go to its destination. So get to the right track. Right. Get on the right lane and get go on the down right the right lane. track. Just put right. yourself, grab yourself by the bootstraps right. and, and get on the right lane. And be ruthless when right. that other voice comes say, Denise and Agapi said, I'm not on the right uh, track. I'm sorry. Did I buy a ticket to hell? I bought a ticket to heaven. I'm changing. I'm sorry. I'm changing. They say, I'm sorry. You already bought the ticket. Well, you can have it back. Give that ticket back and get on the track to happiness right now. And that is a great way to I could spend days with you. I love you. Thank you. Where, tell us where we can find you. Oh, online. yes. You can find me, um, Agapi, at Unbinding the Heart, my email. Uh, Facebook, Agape Stasinopoulos, Instagram, which you, I would love you to follow me, Agape Seas, S-E-E-S, Agape Seas, and my website, um, www.wakeuptothejoyofyou is my website. My book is on Amazon, and uh, you can order it now. And also, I have an audio of my book, which I'm very proud of with my voice, where I have recorded 32 guided meditations to take you to the right track. And people <laughs> so have you been don't have to trade in that ticket. And the, and the audio is on Audible and Amazon and iTunes. And it, I had a composer do the music for the meditations. And people are loving them because they feel sometimes we all need help to be guided to go to the right track. And uh, that's why I did them. And I prayed before I wrote them to make sure that they have that pure spirit of love. Mm -hmm. So I hope people would enjoy them and stay in touch. We're here to help each other lift. Yes. And thank you so much, so much for all of your spirit and guidance. Thank Mm -hmm. you, my darling. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you very soon. Okay, I'm now breathing, actually breathing, learning from Agape. Thank you all so much for joining us today on Mentoring Moments. And to make sure you're getting Mentoring Moments the moment it's live every Wednesday, please subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, rate and review. And check out my show notes on Forbes.com. I'd love to know, what are you doing with your 37.2 billion cells in your body? 
And are you living for today, realizing that tomorrow is not promised? And are you breathing? I'm breathing now, as I just said. Do you put gaps in your life to breathe and think? So tell me what you're thinking. You can find me. I'm always on Twitter, at Denise Rastari. And before we go, I want to say thank you to Michelle Mitchell for spreading the Mentoring Moments word and to a guy, Dan Benna, for constantly sharing and spreading the Mentoring Moments love. Thank you all so much. And until next week, keep sharing your stories because your stories matter. Download new episodes of Mentoring Moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, forbes.com, the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. Everyone sells today. So how do you bring your best sales game every day? Simple. Listen to the Advanced Selling Podcast on Podcast One. Hi, I'm Bill Kasky. And I'm Brian Neal. Each week, we answer listener questions like, how do I compete against a cheap competitor? And Brian's favorite, because he always has an answer to this, how do I meet with a CEO when they won't even return my calls? The Advanced Selling Podcast is where the best go to get better. Listen Mondays on Podcast One and on iTunes. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, they are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower... It does not appear to be following, following the rule of law. It is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.